it's not about external validation, but you need indicators that you're heading in the right direction. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. John Hope is an acclaimed rapper, entrepreneur, and educator. And on this episode, we have a long conversation that delves into each one of these. We cover his early years, what he puts into his writing, how he reps Rhode Island, and we spend some time highlighting a couple tracks from each of the albums that he's done. Plus, we talk about his new book, Respect Your Passion, and how his Hope Scholars Initiative came about. As always, thanks for listening. Please make sure to subscribe as I'll be releasing some mini episodes over the coming weeks. And follow Where the Living Room Used to Be on Instagram to see show photos, flyers, and a whole bunch more from John Simon Music. So I'm born and raised in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Mm -hmm. I lived in Pawtucket for a little bit. um, And, um, and, you know, I I was born to a single-parent household. So my mother, she's originally from... Um, Sierra Leone in West Africa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so my father really wasn't in the picture. He lived in Liberia um, and he kind of, you know, was there from afar, you know, would send, you know, money and, you know, I'd see, you know, send letters and things of that nature, but it really wasn't, you know, he wasn't really present. So it was me, my mother and my sister and my brother, um, you know, for the majority of my life. And um, I lived in, we lived in Pawtucket, uh, different like housing complexes and apartments and whatnot. And um, my, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm establishing that as the f- foundation, because there's sort of a, a pre and a, and a post um, where you can kind of, well, I personally, you know, now that I'm a lot more, you know, I'm older and more mature, and looking at things from a bird's eye view, I could point to where my life, quote unquote, like changed dramatically mm-hmm. and and impacted me till this day. So, um, you know, my mom, uh, she was a hardworking person, worked in the medical field and she had to take chances. You know, she had to take chances. So, you know, she she would, you know, leave me in charge and I would raise um, I would look after my brother and my sister who were younger mm-hmm. and, uh, she was very, um, in an African household, education is so important, you know what I'm saying? Um, and she, so she stressed education, um, despite not having the means. So she put us in Catholic school, um, in private school, uh, throughout my whole life, you know, she would, she would, she would, she made sure that, you know, I would get the best or what she saw as the best quality education. Yeah. But in the household, the, you know, she had such this rich spectrum of taste in music. 
Uh-huh. I really appreciate um, till now, you know, now, um, you know, we would listen to African music like Sunny Ade and, and, and whatnot and, and, you know, music from the, her native country. Um, and then we would listen to a lot of like 80s, you know, uh, <laughs> Peter Gabriel, Paul, you know, Phil Collins, um, Billy Ocean. I remember like. You know, even like her, her, she would tap into like hip hop. Like she would like. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was like very, like very front facing mainstream shit, like MC Hammer. <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Tone Loke and, and Young MC, you know, you know. Um, so she would buy these cassettes. And I remember like Rico Suave and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, so she had this like wide range and this is all, you know, um, so it was like very mainstream, but, but it was like, you know, I'm boy George, you know, um, things like that, the Bee Gees, James Taylor. So all of that stuff played into like my psyche. I still remember like certain songs that bring, you know, you know, that, that, that kind of have such a, 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 a profound effect on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I was about nine, 10 years old. And then we were living in Pawtucket and, and then I, I went to foster care. You know, I went, I, I got, I got, you know, they, they took me away from my mom. Um, what happened was she had told me and my brother to be home by streetlights. We didn't. And so my mother disciplined us, you know what I'm saying? And there was a lady upstairs um, who called the police and um, they took us away from our, from, you know, the police came, they arrested my mother. Wow. And my brother and my sister, we don't have the same father. My brother and sister, they have the same father. So when you, you know, I don't know how it is now, but in DCF, when you get taken away, they put you with like your next of kin. They try to put you with like another family member or what or whatnot. So they put my brother and sister with their father. And then they put me in another home, like in a home. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, because that's my, that wasn't my, he wasn't my father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, your father was in Liberia, like you're saying, right? Yeah. Right, right. So, so I stayed with this white family and, you know, I was rough around the edges, you know what I mean? So it was like, I remember being like, they lived like, um, like on the boulevard, you know, uh, uh, on the east side. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it was just a culture difference, right? Like, like, you know, this is the salad fork and this is the, you know, we, you know, I, I didn't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> like that. I don't know what that is either. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I, just, I just remember like they were trying to show instill etiquette and things of that nature. And it was such a culture shock. I'm nine, 10 years old coming from a certain background into this. So that didn't work out. I remember like, I think I only stayed there for like a day or two or something. Okay. And then, um, I eventually lived with, um, my, brother and sister's father they put okay and you know he took me in um and it wasn't the best situation because there was this undertone god god bless his life he's not here anymore but you know there was an undertone of you know he's not my uh, that's not my kid you know what i'm saying like like mm-hmm. So I remember like Christmas time, he wouldn't, you know, give me gifts or like he would be very vocal about, yo, that's not my son. You know what I'm saying? Um, and shit like that. So I remember that, you know, and, and I remember like, you know, he tried to stab me one time. Like he got into an argument with my mom 
And um, I'm putting this in my book, so you get the exclusive, man. You know. All right, all right, yeah. But yeah, him and my mother, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around. But uh, him and my mother had gotten into an argument, and he was frustrated. And my mother left, and I remember going. At, I was at the door, and you know, watching my mother leave, and I was at the door, and he was just like frustrated, just like frustrated, mm-hmm. and went to the to the to the to the drawer and took a knife. You know what I'm saying? And he like came at me, but my uncle was there and like, you know, it was like trying to calm him down and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I ended up eventually I, I moved in with this guy, right? You know what I'm saying? So I move in with him and and it didn't um it didn't pan out because he he had a a his wife at the time, you know, she definitely didn't like me. So that didn't really work out. And so I, I ended up leaving there and going to a group home in Providence on the West End with a bunch of like other foster kids. Like it was like uh-huh. 10, 10 of us, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. that's where I developed my affinity for hip hop. Like I was always, I was in it, you know, I was, you know, again, and it was on this like mainstream level, like, you know, like hammer like what was playing on the radio you know what mm-hmm. I'm um but once i got to the foster home you know the group home um on cromwell street that's when i kind of got i got introduced to more of the culture right okay like, yeah like, you know like like you know wearing the gumby fade and cross colors and you know like um i remember i don't know if you remember but uh there was a there was a um a video show called The Box. And the box was like okay. you would have to call to request your video. Like if you want to watch a video, yep. you call and request the video and they play it, right? And it, and the big and it was such a a, a moment if you recall if you called and you would see the video request. <laughs> like, yo, yeah. that's me. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so um I remember like watching, like that's when I got involved with like you know the uh, i don't want to say the underground but the not so mainstream you know what i mean because yeah then i was able to discern like okay this hammer shit is cool but this is this epmd this this mc brain this queen latifah this mc light shit over here this is where it's at you know so um so that's kind of how i arrived with my relationship with hip-hop and and Mm -hmm. never looked back yeah and this this is probably around like early nineties, right? Is that early nineties, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Like ninety one, you know, ninety two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When did you start writing then? Um like did you come like a lot of people seem to come through poetry and stuff like that. Was that yeah. your path or so my path was um um it was writing as an it was like free thought writing, writing as an escape. I was a very dense kid. You know, I was very aware, like, and, and, and curious. And I think that's one of my strongest skill sets um, till this day. Like, I was a very curious kid and I was very, mm-hmm. like, I had heightened senses. So I knew I was in some fucked up shit. And, but I didn't really know how to either, I didn't know what was, I didn't know how to name it. Or mm-hmm. whatever. So I would just write. I would just write, like, you know, uh, today I saw. Okay. You know, I saw, I saw a dead body or I saw this or I saw, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would just write about my realities and then that kind of morphed into, you know, rhythm and poetry, like rapping and, and, and bars. But it was, but th- even that was very like, 
I would just mimic like crisscross. Okay. Like, like just their, their flows or whatever. You'd yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were the biggest thing ever, you know, crisscross ABC and, and, and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what was that first step into to hip hop then? Like, were you uh, like, do you remember the first song you wrote or where you're getting beats from? So now fast forward, I got reunited with my mother mm-hmm. and, you know, we're, we're, we're in, we're in, um, you know, I moved into this housing complex on the north end of Providence. So we're talking like Admiral Street, like Providence College area. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, it's called Arbor Glen. And that's kind of like the foundation of a lot of the stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. like I, I lived there and um, and I remember me and my friend TJ and this dude named Buka, um, in my in my neighborhood, we formed a group called the Delinquents. And, yeah. Um, you know. We would we would do the pause tapes and like the loop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 we would do um uh so MC Ren, he had a he had a he had a uh from the legendary NWA, he had an album yeah. Stock of the Hour. This is his solo effort. And mm-hmm. you know, I thought that shit was hard, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Man, like so we would loop like you know, some some parts of the songs on there. And we would have the, you know, we'd be like the delinquents. delinquents. <laughs> yeah, delinquents. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was so corny, you know what I'm saying? And we were like a group for like, I don't know, like two weeks, I, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I do remember, and I, and I remember that like vividly about, you know, rapping, you know, the delinquents. And, and, um, and I was, again, I was so, you know, I talked about my mother and her range and her spectrum, mm-hmm. how that translated with me. Um, you know, we're in the same age bracket. Um, if, you know, in the 90s, um, the music was so regionalized. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't you know, we didn't have, you know, social media that can kind of cut through and we can connect to, you know, yeah, yeah. like East Coast was East Coast, you know, you know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, around then, you need, we're talking like Wu-Tang, you know, mm-hmm. Biggie and all that. I was the kid in my crew that was, again, curious and was open to listening to West Coast music, to down South music. And if you remember that, that landscape, that the climate then, we, there was such an, uh, an elitist, pompous attitude with East, you know, amongst East Coast artists, right? It was, a, there was an East Coast media bias, you know, there was an East Coast sort of like, if you weren't lyrically dexed or mm-hmm. dense, like anything outside of that, you know, um, was deemed whack, you mm-hmm. know? And, 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 you know, if you, if you remember like even Outkast, they weren't really, um embraced at first you know you know uh andre 3000 says like the south got something to say at the source yeah 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 booed for being artist of the year so i say all that to say like my my i I listened to the ghetto boys i listened to like you know the west coast shit yeah yeah bone thugs and harmony so um my favorite rapper at the time was the lady of rage okay from death row like oh yeah yeah i thought she was the illest shit when she came out with apple puffs you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so my first rap name was the man of rage (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like it was just a lot of that so i you know i would wear like khaki suits and all my friends thought i was whack or thought i was like corny because i was like i really embraced up you know 
this these other regions where my yeah, friends okay. so East Coast centric. And you know, to this day, that that curiosity and that openness, I think, is what has allowed my longevity and my relevance as an artist. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, just taking inspiration from a lot of different places, you know, it like uh, that you're not just going to stay in a single lane and be kind of one note. And even just as an artist, you need to evolve. And uh, you know, if if there's nothing to evolve to, it's going to be a, a short road, you know. So. Um, how long were you the the man of rage and uh, like I mean I know you've performed under Jeezy yeah. was was yeah. there uh, yeah like, so so there was the man of rage and then I became like everybody called me G man right so like yeah is you know I'm giving you the chronological order right yeah now. that's how I do you know so. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know the man of rage you know so this is around the death row dominance right you know dog pound Dr Dre and all that and then um. So Warren G comes out, you know, regulators, yep. right? And so my 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 birth name is is Harry, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I in the hood, everybody called me Harry G. And so okay. I I would I would insert my name like you know, Harry G, this DJ name, Harry G. Like, you know, everybody called me Harry G. And then um I became then I became G-Man. Yeah. Right? Um and and I was that was a direct influence of like Redman and Def Squad, and I was a big like Eric Sherman thing mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then that just evolved to like Jeezy, you know. Everybody called me Harry Jeezy and Jeezy, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was that's to this day like people call like it, you know if you're in you know if you know me people still call me G's or Jeezy, right? Yeah. And so I would that's when I when I decided. Um, to pursue music like professionally, this was like my senior year in college, um, because that in, you know, between college and you know what I just described, like it was very much a um, a, a secret, a a you know because people knew me from basketball, like only my friends, my inner circle knew that I rapped. Like I I wasn't okay. really as confident to go outwardly. And say, hey, I rap. It was very much a neighborhood thing. Only the people in my neighborhood, I would make mixtapes. They were like, you know, me and my man D Swift. Like it was just very much like a North Side, Arbor Glen type type thing. Like, yo, you heard yep. that G Man type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, but college is when my last year of college, I remember making the decision that I was gonna no longer do basketball and whatnot. And you know, train and so forth. Like I'm going to put my all into this music. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I first put out my first mixtape as Jeezy. And that was like about 2005. Yeah. 2000, 2004, 2005. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, your first show, I think I remember Jaren was at the living room, right? Living room. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Actually, With, uh, Chachi, right? Yeah, yeah, Chachi yeah. put this thing together called the um the Peace Fest. Yeah. And I the first time I met Chachi, I had heard about him and what they were doing, you know, CNJ and CR and you know that Swan Naughty, that era. Yeah. They were like the first, like, you know, I, I remember I was still playing basketball, but I was again, I was so curious. Um that I was like, man, these dudes from Pawtucket, you know what I'm saying? They they they're dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they inspired me. And Chachi, I met Chachi at a at a showcase. 
at a showcase and try and 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 it was like a competitive type of thing. Okay. Make it after I performed, I didn't make it or whatever, and I was distraught. Like it was my first time. Like, (laughs) man, you know, fuck, I'm not good enough, you know, whatever. So I'm walking out, and Chachi ran back, like ran after me. He was like, "Yo, my man, like, yo, Jeezy." He was like, "Yo, you're dope, bro." Like he was like, "Yo, I like what you did." And that shit, like, I'm looking, I'm, you know, I know who he is. I'm like, yo, that's Chachi. Like, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's been on TV and shit, you know. <laughs> he's been on BET. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Like, like, yo, and he was like, yo, keep doing. They like, just gave me words of encouragement. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that really helped. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, watching him, watching that whole CNJ movement, mm-hmm. um, it inspired me in a in a pretty interesting way. And I'll keep it real, like. As a hip hop head, I respected them and and appreciated them, mm-hmm. but I was the on as an artist in sort of a competitive um, spirit. I was like, man, these produced from Pawtucket, like they weren't really t- they were rapping and they were dope, but they weren't really telling my story. Like they weren't. I I couldn't like I identify with them purely from a hip hop fan standpoint. But yeah, really like talking about what I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, about the streets, like, you know what I'm saying? They weren't really mm-hmm. illustrating, you know, they were talking like some Pawtucket shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I know that sounds, th- there's some nuance there, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some nuance because, you know, where I, where I, how I grew up, you know, I was always into like street introspection. Yeah. That's why I gravitate towards Scarface. That's why I gravitate towards like Nas. Nas, and, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they I couldn't identify with that. So that made me like, yo, I'm going to talk about my shit on some Providence shit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? like, this is what I see, you know? So, you know, they inspired me and, um, in that way, like to really be intentional about representing Providence, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so forth, you know? And, um, yeah. And so Chachi put me on his show, the lit, you know, at the living room and, and that, and the rest was history, man. I did my thing. Like, I won't even sit here and lie to you. Me and my boys, we did our thing and that's yeah. not that high. And I, I've been chasing it ever since, like to perform. But yeah, so what was your like I guess like first recording? You know, I remember seeing that you did some stuff, yeah, probably around that that time, 2006, right, or something like yeah. that. Um so and did like a college uh, was there like a college tour that you did like 2008, you know, yeah. can you talk about some of that stuff like in that era before um, you know, before the first record? Yeah, so that? now, you know, at this time we're entering like the blog era, right? So now it's like the dot com, the MySpace And, you know, I think um, that's kind of where I really started to flourish because 
Um, I would record, I remember, um, I remember my first, I would, I would record at, on, on Spooner Street off Elmwood Avenue. Um, and there was like a bunch of different studios there. And like, I, I, I was recording with this guy, I forgot his name, man, but you know, I would book studio time and, you know, save up money. I was very, you know, I was very intentional. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, you know, so I bounced around, like I, I, I recorded at track house studios um and that shut down they they got like robbed or something like that you know <laughs> yeah and then um and then i found my um where i record till this day surefire studios my engineer brady um i had a show at ultra club ultra oh and, yeah um, yeah and one of the owners of the studio his name is jared he found me he, he saw me perform and he was like yo man i like the way you perform and you know i like mm -hmm. what talking about he was like i own this studio in lowell massachusetts and i was like man that's that's pretty out there <laughs> i was looking for a place to record yeah and um i wanted a place that you know i didn't have to worry about it getting robbed or like i didn't really have to worry about my music leaking or anything like that so i gave it a shot i went out there and i fell in love you know I, it's such it's in it's an escape uh -huh. our ride it's like an hour hour 15 you yep. know and, and um i just have this chemistry with my engineer his name is brady and um so we started working on music and i would release music at first i would try to you know i i went the the dj route right i went to hot 106 i i, I would see big stress and try to give him my cds and things of that nature and he wasn't checking for it like you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, back then, you know, he was getting probably inundated with so many different things. And, you know, he was like, oh, it's cool, whatever. And I'm sure he probably tossed it or whatever. I'd go to Skippy White's, yep. you know, um, set up a consignment and try to, you know, give my music to DJ Buck. I did all that, you know. And then, mm -hmm. um, then, like I said, the MySpace, the dot com, you know, hiphopgame.com was my first placement. Um, I had okay. a I had a song called Breathing. And Breathing was like the song that really kind of jumpstart and kicked everything off for me. Uh, it was produced by um by Tactics, who is now Bongo, by the way, who's a Grammy artist, Grammy winning producer. Yep. Yeah, uh, you still work with I still work yeah, with yeah. He's originally from Providence. He just celebrated a birthday yesterday. He lives in LA and we still work together. But at the time he was living down the street from me. And you know he made the song "Breathing," and that that song really put me on the map. It put me on HipHopGame.com, which was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. you know, first, um, I was the first artist to get on that platform. You know, and that was a big thing, big thing. You know, because it was you would get the exclusives. Like, so my music would be right. You'd see me over Joel Santana, like you see, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, when you get in that type of like sphere, you know, um, there's some value to that. And so that really gave me the confidence. And I started getting on other different blogs, like Two Dope Boys and things of that nature. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So once that happened, um, now I'm starting to build a buzz. And my buzz was unique because it it had nothing to do with the conventional mediums that say like Chachi and the guys before me were 
you know, occupying, right? Like coming I, through like radio. radio you know? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. on that. I was, I was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. I, I didn't really even do the, um, the open mics like that. Like, you know what oh, I'm okay. saying? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like I was, I was sort of the first of that like internet mm-hmm. wave, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and that created like, it, 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 it helped because, because uh, it, it created almost like a, a, a I, I don't know if myth is the word, but because of that separation, it, it garnered me a sort of celebrity. If mm-hmm. you, right, you know, yeah. I mean? like, I'm not I'm not easily accessible. Like you know, it was nothing. Like you could see Chachi, you could see some of the other contemporaries. You know what I mean? But like, you know, I'm on this big platform, but you don't really see. You know, you don't really see John Hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting in that regard, and um, and because of that, you know, the the buzz is going, and then I I caught the win, I caught the eye of Static Selector, um, legendary DJ. He's you know um, one in probably a new you know one of New England's finest, you know, mm-hmm. um, si- signed to Jay Z, uh, Rock Nation, and he's he's out of Boston, and he found me on the internet, and um. He took me on the road. He, you know, he put me on his early albums. So that was like okay. So you're like features on some yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm on songs with Sky Zoo. He's, you know, putting me on songs with established artists, higher profile artists. Mm-hmm. So also added to the to the the value. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, yeah. He took me on the road and and like showed me a lot of things. You know, I would go to his house in Brooklyn sleep on a couch, you record, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, it was a fun time, you know, um, and it was a learning experience to be around someone like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say that that had to have fed into some of your performance. I mean, you're, yeah. you're an incredible performer, even just recently, you know, catching your, the live stream, yeah. Uh, event that you did that was uh that just came out uh, this past week i mean there's a lot of people that have done live stream sets and i've watched a bunch of them and, and they're good but like you you're you're something special like honestly man you're able to like engage people through a screen and uh and and just like but like what you can do to, to rock crowd you know like it it, it just having those early roots um had to have have been such a, a gift to you to be doing those things uh, especially it just seems like you know kind of early on in in, yeah. in your overall kind of like career arc you know so yeah yeah i mean um thank you you know i'm i'm definitely um i'm that i'm a child of a of artist development you know i really mm-hmm. i really study performances i i love the live show because that is the one place um that's still t- to 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 this day to me is still sacred like in this era of you know, manipulation and filters and, you know, views <laughs> and likes and downloads, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all these things that come into play in terms of like what we deem as value. Um, you can't fake or manipulate a live performance, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, you either got it or you don't, you know what I mean? And so uh, I, 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 I really value that, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that, you know, um, you know, when I'm, when I get on that stage, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I give him my all, which is, yeah. why I work out, which is why I, you know, try to take care of myself and things of that nature. But yeah, those early routes with static really helped me 
with my performance, with my just understanding the game and just seeing um seeing the world outside of Providence in Rhode Island. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, you know, seeing that there's there's more and that I can compete with the big boys, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I guess just real quick, like what was the transition to John Hope? Like, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like, um, so, um, like I said, you know, when I decided to do it, I just naturally used my, my nickname that everybody mm-hmm. called me, everybody called me Jeezy. Um, and so, you know, I put out like two projects under that moniker. And then one day my man, Roger, who I still work with to this day, I was in school He's like, yo, man, there's this dude named Young Jeezy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's booming. Like, yeah. like you know, that, like he's with the, a J, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Got the snowman thing, like, you know, like, like this motherfucker is hard, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm I'm doing so now I'm on the internet and I'm doing my research and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I get it, you know, it's dope, whatever. But I, I was like, it it's not going to catch on. Like, I, like, I, like, I didn't think it was going to like really, you know, and then I saw he had the record with Akon Mm -hmm. survivor. And (laughs) I was like, man, I got to come up with a name. And so I wanted to come up with a name that had, that I could use in different mediums um, because I was, you know, now, you know, I'm, you know, I understand that I'm a multi-passionate, you know, a multi-hyphenated artist. Mm-hmm. Back then, like, that was, like, sort of very frowned upon. But I knew that I wanted to be in other mediums. Like, I knew music wasn't just it. Yeah. So, like, yo, how do I, like, like, I, I would look at Will Smith. I would look at, like, Cube and, like, mm-hmm. these, these artists that would dance in other arenas. So, I was like, man, I want to come up with something, like, two syllables, um, you know, that I could live with. So I knew, you know, that I wanted to rap Rhode Island mm-hmm. Hope was a state model. And I was like, yo, what about John Hope? And, and, and I'm, and I'm serious. It had no, nothing to do with the John Hope settlement house on the white, on the West end. It had nothing to do with like John Hope Bryant or anything like that. It was really just like, yo, I want something like, you know, like Tom Cruise, you know, right? yeah, just quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hope, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and it resonated. And I, but I, I, and I knew that people, I wanted something that would rep Rhode Island, but I didn't want it to be so overt, like Rhode Island man. Like, you know, what I'm yeah, saying? <laughs> you know, like that. Like, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. And my first logo was like the anchor, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of how the John Hope thing came. Cool, cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, first record was Some Kind of Wonderful, yeah. came out in 2009, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that project? And it seemed like, uh, you know, some of the stuff had kind of carried over like uh, better, seemed like it was a, an earlier song and it made it onto this record. And yeah. man, I fuck, love that track. Um but yeah, can you talk about it from your experience and and you know what is on that record, what kind of came into that record and and what you were thinking? Yeah, man. Man, that's such a it was such a great time, man. Some kind of wonderful because there was so there were so many other there were so many elements to that. Um so so at the time, man, you know, shout out to my guy Sway. 
um, Sway Mendez, who is a, a, a director, a video director uh, out of Providence, but does a lot of work with, you know, DJ Khaled, 50 Cent and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, he came home. He had he had sat down. He was locked up for a little bit. He came home and I had put out a uh, Craigslist ad looking for a video director. Oh, okay. And, and he responded. Yeah, he responded. <laughs> nice. And he went to Full Sail. And he told me he was like he's such a fast talker. He was like, he was like, yo, 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 yo. He was like, yo, my cousin, man. He was like, my cousin was talking about you, man. Like you hot, you hot, da da da. He was like, yo, everybody told me about John Hope, John Hope, John Hope. He's the <laughs> nigga, very like quick. Yeah, yeah. Man, Sway's my brother, man. So he managed me. So he took on management, and and um, and then okay. I had, uh, I had a, a young kid. Um, at the time, who's still one of my good friends, his name is Aaron. Um, during the MySpace era, uh, he, again, at this time, this is the blog era, I'm, my, my, my buzz is up. So he was a young kid, he was a freshman in college at St. John's University, but he's originally from Smithfield. Okay. And, um, he, um, he reached out and he was like, yo, man, you know, a lot of my student, you know, my classmates, people are talking about this Rhode Island artist named John Hope, da da da. And you know, I'm originally from Rhode Island. I'd love to work with you. I'd love to, you know, whatever, whatever you need. He was just like very intentional. He was like, whatever you want, whatever you need, like let me, you know. So I put him through the ringer, man. Like I was like, all right, book me this show or like do this or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he delivered. He delivered. So that sort of morphed into the three-man team, you know, you know, myself, Aaron, and Sway. And we really, you know, honed in on this project called Some Kind of Wonderful. Um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciated the sentiment of Some Kind of Wonderful. What I was trying to say was, you know, this is around the time where, you know, people were saying, like, hip-hop is dead. You know, the ringtone rap is coming out. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, yeah. And again this is another iteration of that open-mindedness that i got from my mom some kind of wonderful was i was i was saying that you know you can't define hip-hop right you can't define this hip-hop doesn't have this one dominant sound right mm -hmm. um, so therefore hip-hop is some kind of wonderful right that was that was, uh, okay yeah that was the whole mantra and um you know so the sonics of it you know i have better that has sort of like that sing-songy Mm -hmm. you know, um, element to it, you know, and then I have like, you know, static selector pro uh, production on there. Um, it was just a diverse array of sounds that was very intentional. And, um, yeah, we put that out, man. And, and I, I really, I love that project, man, because it was just like, we were so driven. Like it was a blind drive, right? It wasn't, it was like, yo, we got to get like that energy of like, you know, we got to do it by any means, you know, now mm -hmm. a little bit more, you know, I work smarter, not harder. But, you know, when I think about that project, I think about just the energy that the three of us had. We were so young driving to New York, getting on that bus, that Peter Pan bus, like, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. trying to make all those connections and doing the showcases and radio interviews and all this stuff. So, you know, that was, it was, a, it was such a, such a moment in time, you know, when I think about that project. Let me tell you that you never get better. Oh, I know with a little bit of hope that it's gonna get better. Now 
exclusive The brand new hope for the youth, the future They say that I'm an artist so I drew a conclusion To make the world better through my voice and music You dig? Understand the right song or right wrongs What I recite for, turning your dark nights to bright morns This is sunny side up with gold waffles Check this, ice on your necklace screaming who wants breakfast Swag so fresh that it's still in the plastic Dreaming of a cemetery land with no caskets Asking, send me when the change gon' come with a quarter tank of gas But my hunger was petroleum Pedal to the metal with my dame on the passenger All I wanna call but I'm a legend like Acura America, we gotta stop with the confusion John Hope, I'm the problem and the solution to the sky and I promise that it's gonna get and what were you doing for shows around that time? Or where were you doing shows like here in, in Rhode Island? Like what was uh, yeah. some of the spots you were hitting? Yeah. So I was doing um, the, you know, um, black rep. Yeah. Was um, jerkies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. Um, and then uh, then I started getting into like Lupo's. You know, yep. for artists and things of that nature, you know. Um, but yeah, it was that was primarily like it was the black rep, you know, the sound session music festival, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the precursor to PVD Fest. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I was still kind of maintaining, you know, my, my grasp on the local scene, but I was also very intentional about being, you know, outwardly. So yeah, so it was like a healthy balance, you know. Cool. You know, going to the Middle East in Boston. Yeah. And then, you know, going to New York as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Um, But yeah, next project, 2012, work in progress. Um, It's a killer record. Killer record. Um, The song Flames Mm -hmm. is is just just off the charts, man. And... um, you have a video for World Less Traveled. Yeah. That seemed pretty big for you. So, you know, got thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And um, it premiered on BET 106 and Park. Is that correct? Or can you talk about um, just the making of that video? I mean, the song is, uh, I mean, I guess just with a lot of your stuff, you just have these incredible production pieces like these piano like piano loops that are like just kind of get into you and and just you can even kind of tell i mean it does have a little bit of like i can hear it as a as a fan of wu-tang like it has some of that um not that it necessarily sounds like wu-tang but it just has that like uh rhythmic piano that that can kind of just cut through you and just you know um but yeah can you talk about that song and and in the video and um just that experience with with everything yeah uh road less travel i mean definitely was um uh, uh uh one of the feather in my caps you know um during my career yeah so the video um i did it with uh, another talented uh videographer named walu walu um who again now he's on to doing amazing things working with um he did stuff with Eminem, did stuff with Royce the Five Nine, um, Tory Lanez, you know. Um, but he um, he also did the better video that was shot in Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that record right there, that was his first placement on like on a on a on a platform like BT or MTV or whatnot, on a video platform. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I wanted to, again, there's the Rhode Island, you know, the way I spell it is, you know, R-H-O-D-E. There's a Rhode Island sort of um, uh, old. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want, this was, at, I was very intentional with that record. I wanted to make, I wanted to see as a songwriter, if I could make a big sounding record. You know, a record that could live like, you know, in a festival, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, that's, you know, hence the la la la's, you know what I'm saying? And it has that sort of infectious, like you said, the piano loop. Um, a lot of people thought like, you know, um, say the Charlie Brown, you know, the Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So. Um, I guess I'm a bigger Wu-Tang fan than Charlie Brown, but what? <laughs> um, so. Uh, but yeah, man, I was very intentional and, and, and I succeeded, you know, I wanted to mm -hmm. make a very like worldly, the inspiration for that record was an artist by the name of Canine. He has a song called Waving Flag. Um, okay. Yeah. Which was, um, which was ended up being a world cup like anthem. You know? oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like a global type of record. So I wanted to make that type of record. I didn't have yeah. arson, you know what I'm saying? And um, and it, and it succeeded, and the video was dope. It was just kind of like you know a day in the life, so to speak. Yep. And, um, yeah, and you know when it got on BT one hundred six in Parkman, that was such a huge thing, and and it really opened up doors. Um, I ended up getting a a uh, I ended up doing a deal with Nike, where they used that record for their World Cup campaign. Um, All right. So if you go on YouTube, Nike had this campaign called Nike Chance. Yeah. Um, people could um, show, upload on YouTube videos of themselves working out to my record. You know, so so basically, Sweet. you had people from Mexico, all over the world, Africa, like training to my video. You know. Yeah. Um, my song, and um, so yeah, it was a it was a dope you know, moment and, and all these things, you know, they were like indicators of to keep going and, and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, coming from Rhode Island, man, you know, where the, the opportunities are very minimal and there's not a lot of frame of reference, you know, to, to keep, to be inspired, to do something that, you know, you don't really have, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty you need to, you need, it's not about external validation, but you need indicators that you're heading in the right direction. Or yeah. Indicators that, you know, reinforce why you do this. And that was, that was a big, that was a big, um, that was a big indicator. That was a big sign. Like, okay, like you can do this. Yeah. Man. People are digging it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. What else would you like to, to say about, that uh that particular album i mean it's uh i mean i'm glad that you brought that up because honestly as I've, I've been listening to everything like you just and not just that song but you have a lot that it's they they seem like anthems they seem like yeah. it just can be played in stadiums can just you know i i can hear a couple of notes and you yeah. know my heart starts beating a little bit faster i'm like yeah you know so yeah. um that's Man, cool i think work in progress was the turning point for me as a songwriter Mm -hmm. Um, I started listening to, you know, I, I wasn't, I was, I think that's the, the part in my career where I could point to and say, I became a songwriter 
in addition to a rapper. I wasn't, it wasn't just about bars. It wasn't yeah. about, you know, I was very intentional about song structure and arrangement. You know, a lot of the songs, some of the songs had bridges. Some of the songs had, you know, um, pre-hooks and pre-choruses and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very, very, um, I, I started incorporating melody. I was very um, um, proud of that record. And prior to, I would say, Hope All as well. You know, for me and my fans, man, you know, they always point to that work in progress album as, you know, their favorite. I get a lot of people who, you know, that's why I had uploaded it. You know, when I uploaded, that was a that was a re a, a re-release because yeah. it came out in 2012, but I uploaded it in 2019 mm-hmm. um, with the DSPs. Um, and that was like at the request of, you know, my fans. Like they yeah, were like, yeah. Yo, where's work in progress? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um and then, you know, um, one of the records that I really love that I always felt like didn't get the the Just Do a Sarah song was the Proclamation, which is uh, uh okay, yeah. You know, um we sampled Sarah Bareilles and and that record right there was just the video was so epic, you know. Again, that was with Walu. Um, and uh, you know, it's one of my favorite, favorite songs, you know, Sarah song. guy named harry that i was you know they're all you know they're all markers right and 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 a guy named harry was i was vulnerable i had to i was dealing with so much like i was i was it was such a personal record and it was um something that it was that i had to get off my chest for me Mm -hmm. um and i was uh, it was that was when so if work in progress indicates when I became a songwriter, a guy named Harry is when I became um, less worried about trends, less <laughs> worried about the industry. I didn't really care about like what was the uh, uh, the popular thing. Like, I, you know, I was done chasing. And so I was very much in tune with myself. I became more independent as an artist. Um, it was the turning point and the seed planting moment for for where I'm at right now, as you know, uh, uh, someone who runs his own label, someone who you know has a you know just you know a brand and whatnot. A guy named Harry was the seed planting moment. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, with Camp Street and Comstock, um, that's where it manifested because that's a boom bap record, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 
And at the time, boom bap wasn't as popular, right? It was sort of a lost art, right? It was because everything was becoming so 808s and traps and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So as an artist, I was a little concerned, but Bongo, you know, at that time he became Bongo. He was like, yo, man, just rap. He was like, because I was like, yo, what do we, like, how do I fit in this landscape as a lyricist, as somebody who comes from a certain um, sonic. So he was just like, yo, just rap. And he gave me, you know, the production, which is Comstock. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I made a Rhode Island ass record. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that was, that, that had no, um, you know, I wasn't caring about anything. Like I wasn't trying to appease a greater audience. And ironically, other people outside of Rhode Island who understood what I was saying or outside of Providence specifically, they connected to it. You know, yeah. like yeah. I'm stuck in California in LA in Chicago. Right. You know, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, the ills of the streets or the challenges of the streets mm -hmm. that can resonate with that. And so, um, you know, it, I was very, I'm very proud of that record because, you know, that's something that's going to live way beyond me. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's such a Providence centric, Rhode Island centric song that you know happens to resonate with with people all over the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about Ripta, you know, and right. uh, uh, should have got some money from them, I guess. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I became I I I I was um, a brand ambassador. That oh yeah, nice. Yeah, we did a whole campaign where we we reimagined Camp Street and Comstock, and it was a campaign uh, about bus safety. And I nice. Got, I got a nice check, you know. Good, so, good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, can you talk about uh, any other thing that sticks out? Or I mean, or again, yeah. like you know, fish and and coffee yeah. milk. You've got a video for that. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, fish and coffee milk again like i i was so committed to um original thought mm -hmm. um, and so i wanted to like really tell my story about what it was like what's it like to be from rhode island to be providence and you know i was very intentional about creating culture mm -hmm. um like things that only rhode islanders could identify with you know what i mean mm -hmm. but, you know the the caveat is how do we make like a Rhode Island thing um amusing and 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 palatable for someone who lives in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, and yeah. So so that was the challenge and you know for fish and coffee milk it's just about you know melody, right? Like you know when we learn, you know ABCs is A B C D, you know, so I could say whatever, you know, whatever mm -hmm. is fuck you shit fuck right? <laughs> but if it's melody you're gonna receive it a certain way yeah so when i say you know my cookie tastes better than coffee milk you know what i'm saying you know yeah. tastes with coffee milk like that is like you know it's just it's just like some tongue-in-cheek shit but you know it, it it has this place in rhode islanders like oh shit he's talking about coffee milk you yeah know? yeah he's, you know right so um, you know, that I was, I was real intentional about that. And, uh, and, and I say all that to say in between all that is bars, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like an, it's an acapella piece, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. That it's, it's just you, you know, with just that little, you know, 
chorus hook that comes in. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? And so, so if anything else, if you're a listener, if you appreciate bars and lyricism, mm-hmm. get that. And then if you're from Rhode Island, you get that sort of, you know, that nuanced experience with the record. You know what I'm saying? My cookie tastes better with coffee milk. You need lotion, your comparison pales. I know goons trigger happier than Pharrell. I never fail, I'm just trying to walk my path. I played the cards I was dealt. I swam in tears that'll drown Mike Phelps. I want to see my mom live to see me live. It's harder for a thug to forgive. I got it, it's ironic how I run. I'm more deadlier with a book than a motherfucking gun. I'd be lying if I said I don't want Billboard. Miss me with that real hip-hop shit. That's not it. Even Q-Tip was vibrant. Now it's genuine. If dollars make sense, then I'ma try it. Can you talk a little bit more about your writing process and, and yeah. like are are people sending you beats? Are uh, like how are you writing continuously in a sense, or are you like saying, all right, you know, it's been a couple of years, I'm gonna just you know work on the next record and in, in between, you know, like what is it like for you and and um. um yeah. So, you know, now my writing process is, you know, I try to, I try to work with, um, you know, only a handful of producers. Cause I try to have like, you know, each, each record, I try to have like a, a, a cohesion of sorts. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to have like a, a fluidity. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I work with Danny keys. I work with, um, you know, uh, you know, th- this time I'm working with some new producers, but you know, we we they all understand like what it is, you know, with this hope shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know that that hope shit. The sound of THS is really like is is keys, it's chords. Yeah. It, um. You know, it's it's like rich production. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you know, I think I think people can they they understand the sound as far as writing. Um my writing process, I'll write with the producer. I'll get, you know, sometimes I'll get the beat sent to me, but okay. you know, it, it's definitely, you know, I've definitely written, you know, in collaboration with the producer from the ground up. So well, I, I might have like an idea in my head and he'll, you know, kind of, um, you know, he'll, he'll, Danny will, 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 will translate that and build upon that. Yeah. So you're like part of the production as well of like, we can add another something else sonically, add some strings to this part or cut, cut the beat right here or whatever. And yeah, 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 I gotcha. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, As opposed to before I used to be like, well, you know, just email me beats, you know what I mean? Yeah. But now, you know, again, like, you know, I really, um, you know, my time in Atlanta, you know, I, you know, I, I'm grateful because, you know, I would, I would go to songwriting camps, you know, mm-hmm. and writing sessions and things of that nature. So my ability to write, you know, um, has definitely improved. And now more than ever, like, you know, you saw that with, you know, um, Hope Wall as well, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the more than anything, you know, I, I don't want to jump to a head, but like, the songwriting on that project was so yeah rich like you know what i mean like it was it was very rich and you know progressively i got to that point you know what i'm saying but yeah my writing process is very much a collaborative effort mm-hmm. and uh from the ground up you know? yeah yeah but yeah next 
next record was our next album savage beauty 2017 yeah. um yeah what would you like to talk about that one i mean yeah. Eats eat seemed to be the one that that kind of sticks out and um yeah i mean this is a this is a, a a heavy piece man and you know like what what do you want to talk about this record yeah so you know savage beauty you know that was that was um i really enjoyed that record for a number of reasons because that was the first release under my company you know that was my first like independent you know like intentional you know I, i'm inspired by nipsey hustle so like yeah that was the first manifestation of like all the stuff that i soaked up from him and and you know his interviews and things of that nature so i was really proud of that record you know um that body of work but yeah e is the one is the song that you know that's the standout record um and, you know, it was a sign of the times, you know, um, Mike Brown killing, mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the Trayvon and, and, and mm -hmm. so forth. It was, it was just kind of like this, um, it was inspired by that. And then there's a clip from Tupac who um, he says, he's, he's in this interview and he says, you know, imagine if I'm on, if I knock on this door and, and I, you open the door and you, and I say, I'm hungry. And you say, there's no food, but I see the food in the house. I see that you're lying to me. Like I look and I peek and I see, and you're telling me there's no food. Um, I'll come back again. You know, I'm the knock might be a little bit stronger, but I'd be like, Hey man, you know, I'm asking nicely, but now it's a little bit, it's a different, you know, I'm hungry. Can you feed me? And you keep on telling me there's no food. And then, you know, after two or three more times, I'm gonna kick down the door. I'm gonna be fed up. I'm, I'm yeah. coming through with the guns blasting. I'm hungry. I want to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So eat is just the 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 notion that you're, you're frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Like we're tired of seeing this, right? Like all this stuff. And that was 2017. And then fast forward to 2020, we got George Floyd and all you know, Breonna Taylor and all that. So yeah. it still hasn't stopped. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just this frustration. Um, that builds up and, 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 um, specifically, I think what ends up happening is that we reduce when, when we get to the point of rebellion, right? These, these, these uprisings, the, the, you know, destruction of the community and lighting shit on fire. Yeah. A lot of people, the narrative tends to be that, you know, that sort of frustration or that built up tension is only reduced to, um, the uneducated or the less desirable. And what Eat is trying to say is like, it's every, like, like, you know, the, the man the, or the woman with the degrees that lives in suburban, you know, that lives in the, you know, is well-to-do, um, you know, if they're black or brown, they're frustrated too, right? Like, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They feel they might not, they might have, fortitude to not go out and loot or, 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 you know, or, you know, do destructive things, but they share that same sentiment. So that's what I was mm -hmm. to say. Like that, that, you know, we going to eat is that frustration that, that just like, yo man, like we're tired of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we're tired of like trying to ask and, you know, trying to, you know, respectability politics. And so, you know, that's kind yeah. of, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And I mean, exactly what you're just saying, like it's what is continues to happen is just yeah. fucking ridiculous because the song you could have written it last year. Yeah. You could have written it 10 years before that. Like it just, it's, um, and that I think hits to the point of what you're saying, you know, that there's, there almost just seems that they're, um, that it's the cycle, you know, that like blood, sweat, tears won't dry, you know, like that. It's just like, it's gonna, you know, um, yeah. Is there anything else that he wanted to, to bring up with, with that album though? And man, I think, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just the pride that, you know, like as, as a, as an independent artist, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I put that out through Zane Butler, you know what I mean? And, 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 um, you know, it, it, it established, it, it really gave me the confidence to really like own my own destiny. So it's mm-hmm. more of the symbolism of Savage Beauty than the actual work, you know, again, you know, since, since this is a Rhode Island centric, uh, platform you know there's jovan's on there i'm really proud of jovan's mm-hmm. it on there you know talking about you know it's a it's a homage to the legendary you know club on the south side you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um so yeah like it's you know those you know those you know i wish i would have shot a video for that you know what i mean um yeah i really enjoyed that record and then there's dirty wings you know dirty wings is one of my favorites because i talk about my time being in foster care and growing up and going to all white school and you know what that experience is was like like the undertone of the overall body of work of was like life as a child you know as a kid i was looking at you know Mm -hmm. as as you know looking at the world you know if i had to you know i was writing from a young perspective yeah dirty wings i I really enjoyed that record I, i really that's one of my favorite um records in my catalog wake up in the morning and i'm blessed surrounded by the angels and the demons and the rest making choices for my family to something ain't impressed but the straight and narrow road isn't paving my success so i gotta gotta make a nigga frown to be happy man take a nigga pores for my kool-aid and they question how i do things but y'all don't get my point what's my touche and you call it excuse i call it the truth i call it recluse you call it the booth daughters mothers brothers fathers why bother forever cherish life's gems that crime taught them empty lunch boxes in my homeroom so don't look still receive lessons from my teachers in a broke book i do a little dirt just to stay clean so by any means even if it's mean i'ma tell them don't judge me or none of my people because nothing was ever as equal to be good i had to do evil so let me fly yeah 2020 human being was a another track that you that you dropped and i mean that one just you know hit me again repping pvd and and just the, like what we're talking about at the start of this that you're you know just talking about bringing people up and and you know like kind of doing this stuff together and um i mean it's just it's not even that that you're like doing it which i think is the the important thing you know putting people on your records like i mean again we keep on teasing the the new record but you know like israel wusu and and some other people that are uh you know uh working with campbells and stuff like that right in the, in the past i believe and um but you're you know wrote a song about it you know and uh, so um i just think it's awesome 
that record, man, you know, um, it was, that was supposed to be on Hope All as well. That was the first, um, the first phase of the recording, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that record. But what happened was the producer, man, um, he, he, uh, it, it, we just couldn't get the business right. You know what I'm saying? Ah, okay. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, I put it out as a, as a Lucy, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I really, I actually shot a, a, a video for that, that I haven't released. It's an unreleased video. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think I, I'll probably release that at some point, you know what I mean? But I really enjoyed that record, particularly like I knew it would translate very well live. Yeah. You know, the chanting and the sort of the spacing in the, in the songwriting it's kind of catchy, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, no, nah, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that record. It got, it got, a, it got a dope bounce to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that kind of leads in another single third shift, uh, oh, yeah. you know, dedicated to your mom and, yeah, you like um, that. You heard that. yeah, well, I got to say, man, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think you're gonna, I'm going to need to send you a bill. Cause I think you broke my stereo with the, <laughs> Uh, the fucking the bass on that one man i think it because <laughs> it's it's some heavy i mean that it's it's super super well done but yeah the the bass on that is fucking phenomenal um but yeah, yeah that, that track i mean like again going back to the lyrics though it's um i just like people that that share those stories rather than these sort of like you know the something that they're making up you know like it, right. you can you know write me a, a great story that's cool but like just tell me yours and I'm, I'm more interested in it you know and right. um and even for me i mean i guess it's yeah probably even more so like i don't know i mean my my father worked in a sandpaper factory yeah. you know um you know work he'd go into work at like i think it was like Three thirty, four in the morning, you know, work like, you know, uh, 50 hours a week or whatever, come home and, you know, like, and it's just like the stuff of just people that, that were just trying to get stuff done, you know, like just, uh, and I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what, what you're trying to say with that particular piece yeah. of it, you know, but, you know, to me, it just, it, it can, I can connect with that kind of stuff of just what that, um, you know, uh, that's kind of sacrifice and uh, that, that people put in. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear what, what it was obviously from your perspective as a songwriter, but <laughs> no, no, no. I, I thank you for that. You know, I, I appreciate that. And, um, that's the first time I'm talking about that record, man. I really love that record. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites, like, yeah as a songwriter like i'm just glad that i wrote that and i'm glad it's out there again Mm -hmm. at this point in my life you know as i'm getting older like a lot of the moves that i'm making their legacy plays you know what i'm saying that that Mm -hmm. i'm trying to leave my digital footprint for my daughter you know what i'm saying and just like for people like who will later come into contact with my music and my art and so the fact that like that is out there you know Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate it. But yeah, so Third Shift um, was a old, you know, old to my mom, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like, you know, my mom, you know, she, she, she worked, she worked a lot, you know, she worked the Third Shift, you know, working in the hospitals, working, you know, with, you know, in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, because I work with youth, 
you know, um, I mentor a lot of youth. I, I and I and I work also with other educators, community figures, and sometimes the sentiment when they're working with like you know at risk youth or anything like that, the first thing people say is like, "Well, where were the parents? Where were the parents? Like, what, you know, what what you know that that it's easy to try to blame the parents, but I know, especially for me when I was growing up, like I know some of the wildest dudes that you know you know put in work in the streets. They come from very sound homes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That stress education, that is stress the importance of family, all the values, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you jump off that porch, you know what I mean? If you as an individual are not, um, if you don't have that foundation, you know what I'm saying? Or if you don't want to subscribe to it, there's really nothing that your parents or, you know, can do, you know what I mean? Because when you jump off that porch and you see all what's going on, you know, that's what happens, you know what I mean? And so, you know, for me, it was like, you know, I was a little rambunctious. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like in the streets, you know, busting guns or anything like that, but I was definitely a defiant kid. And, um, you know, but my mom was wonderful, you know? And so when Pete, so I, you know, I'm essentially saying like, you know, if, you know, when you ask, oh, where, where was Hope's mom? My mom was working. Like, you know what I mean? My mom was mm-hmm. working to make sacrifices and put food on the table and things of that nature. So that's why, you know, um, you know, that's why I'm outside in these streets. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, my, my high school years, my mom, you know, in a, in, in a, in a, in a, in a week, I probably see my mother maybe twice, you know, because when I was okay. up to go to school, she was coming home. You know, and then when I yeah. was home from school, she was going to work. So I would only see her like maybe Friday, Friday or, you know, or the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had a whole house to myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I was outside in the streets, you know what I mean? And not in a not in a destructive way, but like I was just roaming, you know what I'm saying? Like staying at this one's house, doing whatever. Um, and so, you know, I'm just talking about that experience and really trying to illustrate what that looked like for 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 me and 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 pay homage to my mom you know when i played it for her she really enjoyed it like she she really liked it and 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 we were driving around i was actually dropping her off to work oh wow listening to it yeah um but uh but yeah i really i really love that record i really really do Swag, you trying to get rich, huh? I seen prayer hands turning to trigger fingers. So how can you judge if you can never live it? My music is life, was never for the critics. You on the outside in, we outside with it. Ten dollar place, conversations through a glass window. We don't do new faces, yeah, it was that simple. Word of mouth, travel fast, gotta take precautions. Who busted, got knocked, taking all the losses. Half brothers and sisters fighting over scraps. The cousin of death is real, they dying over naps. They dying over raps. Shit is getting overboard, clout chasers on their knees. They pray to world stars. We on to bigger, better, different levels. And if you disagree, you can catch the fade, no bevel. Jumped off the porch, felt like I jumped off a cliff. Can't blame my mother, she was gone working third shift. Yeah, on my way to school, I'm working on the
that'll bring us to hope all as well, which is, it's been great to see. I mean, again, you've been putting out stellar work your entire career, but it it does seem that some other things are connecting, you know, like some other uh, stuff is lining up and, um, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of, of plays on Spotify and, um, you know, some, some great features on the record and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about this particular record. I mean, uh, you know, quickly, I know you've done a lot of interviews, check out spark up pod, you know, you've done track by track for with that and, you know, hope all as well yeah. podcasts, you know, um, so, you know, people check that out as well, um, to, to get their view on this stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, what would you like to, to say about this one? You know, I've got, I mean, I just, it's a brilliant album, you know, and, uh, but like, how did it come together? You know, it does seem like there was, just seemed like there was a lot of thought that went into this and, and that it was, you know, curated in a certain way. And, um, football as well, man. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think we all have like a moment, you know, like they're, they're, you know, all, all this stuff leads up to certain things and, you know, um, I have no problem talking about this record because like, I think um, because of the way we live right now and the way we consume media, you know, we're, we're always, what's next, what's next, what's next. And I, I definitely, I, I'm proud of that record. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm still working on new material, but I, I can chew and walk at the same time. <laughs> like, like that, that record right there, I'm very proud of it because, um, you know, I, I said everything I want. Like, I, I didn't leave any stone unturned. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that, when I look back at certain records, I'm like, oh, man, you know, for the Savage Beauty, Work in Progress, whatever. Like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I could have done this better, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like that with, with Hope Wall as well. I feel, I feel like I, 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 I put together a body of work that really um, – that that really pinpointed where I'm at in life, what I was going through. Um, it was a mature sound, and it was something that um, I think, you know, there's also an element of luck. In a, I don't I don't know if it's luck, but like just everything aligning, right? Like it was, we're in a pandemic, and like people wanted an escape or wanted an out of of, of hope, of, of mm-hmm. inspiration. And, and, you know, a lot of people died and this, that, and the third. And I just think it just came out at a right time, you know, um, and, and people, you know, whether it's, you know, now, you know, THS, like that's a thing. Like that's a, that's a mm-hmm. thing. Like, you know, my, you know, if you go on my Instagram, if you go on some of my YouTube videos, you know, I'm, I'm people, you know, put THS, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so there's this like connection and there's this like secondary um, experience, right? That, that, that's like lived past the music, right? Like now I have a language and a, and a culture or, 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 or amongst my fans and supporters, right? Like that, that, that say, yo, THS, like, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying? like, you know, and, and, and that's awesome. You can't, you can't manufacture that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about the record is the the sequencing. You know, mm-hmm. 
it's a very, you almost don't even know you're at song seven. You know what I'm saying? By the time you, you know, when you started, you're like, oh shit. Like, you know, it's a very, yeah. you know, the transitions, the, the, the strong, the song structures, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it really, it, I'm really proud of that, man. And, um, you know, and I didn't do it myself, man. You know, Rags, you know, is probably the MVP on Bluest Moon and, you know, Africa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, his voice is just, you know, amazing. C's did his thing. Um, and then the production, you know, the, the chords and the, you know, all those records were made in studio, you know, conjured up, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't really like sent beats or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So just the organic nature of Hope All as well is what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of like what I was saying, saying earlier, it was just that, um, I mean, I know like our, our stories are different, but like pain is universal and like, honestly, like, I mean, this, the most sincere way, like, I, I, I mean, I listened to this record and it certain lines like make me tear up, you know, like you've just like um, cut through a lot of stuff and, and there's like a level of, again, at least identification. I mean, it, it like with THS, I mean, it seems like some of the stuff you're talking about is, which I guess is kind of ironic that, you know, people are using that because some of it, like I, I've been a musician for 25 years and and I've literally had family members be like, so you're still doing that music thing, you know, and you're still, <laughs> and I'm like, it's, well, yeah, it's kind of my life, you know, I mean, I, and I've <laughs> taken a step back and, but I'm like, you know, at the time I'm like living, you know, working whatever and like living like, sort of like poverty level to go and, and tour and sleep in the back of a van or sleep on strangers floors and whatever else. And, um, you know, so that, and I'm grateful for it, but it's, it's, uh, you know, a different thing when some people just don't maybe identify with that. And, and I don't know just a lot of the, the other things that are there, like it can just cut through. And, um, again, everything that you've, you've done is, is to that level of authenticity, but it, like in this particular record, like you're just, something has has connected that that can um you know seems like it's resonating beyond you know beyond me obviously but beyond like just you know people in rhode island it's just it's it's hitting um congratulations on that because i mean it's something that you can't be like you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna like make people cry you know (laughs) you just need to do what you do you know um yeah absolutely but but, Um, Thank you for that, man. Yeah, you're right. Like, like, like I, I knew, I knew that I had a dope body of work, but I just, you know, I think what, what the difference between Hope All as well and the previous releases was, um, you know, I, on the receiving end, I didn't know if other people like, like the, mm-hmm. the you know, you amongst others, you saw exactly what I saw. Like we were in line lockstep, like, you know what I mean? Whereas like the other releases, I thought it was dope, but it didn't quite land or whatever the case mm-hmm. was. This hit, it landed in ways that I didn't even, I, 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 beyond my imagination, you know, even till this day, you know what I'm saying? You know, the streams are still going up, you know? Um, and, um, you know, it, it's just, um, it's one of those things that I just, I, I didn't really anticipate but I'm glad that it goes to show that I wasn't the only one going through 
something and you know i, I wasn't um that you know we all you know other people I'm, I'm glad that i can contribute to other people's um self-awareness mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that their pride their journey of finding themselves you know what i mean because mm-hmm. you know one of the things that i really get from feedback is like yo man like you know, I'm inspired to do X, Y, and Z. I've always wanted to do this. So like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, said, you know, with the musician thing, you know, like, you know, being a creative, you know, when I hear people say that, yo, you still, you know, I get it too. And it's just like, yo, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you not understand? Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is my livelihood. Um, so the fact that, you know, there's some relationship there, you know, um, I'm grateful, man. Like I really, I'm proud of that record. I'm proud of that record. Yeah, I mean, are there any other? I mean, obviously, Bluest Moon, the the hook, and that is just, yeah. it's it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, but I mean, my God, is uh, I love <laughs> that, that you bring that stuff up, you know, like in 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 the way that you do, you know. So um, no, my God, I mean, that's probably my, so. It, you know, Bluest Moon is the. The, probably the, the the most commercial or or or, or widely accepted record, mm-hmm. but um, and understandably so. Uh, but my God, is like the people's cho- like they they you know what I mean? Like that's the one that I, people like choose as their record. Like you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? like and 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 I was that was serendipitous like i did not expect that i'll tell you i'll be honest like yeah i knew i liked that record like (laughs) like that was a that was a me record like you know yeah good yeah yeah. i was very proud of the songwriting on that you know i wrote the hook israel wusu delivered and sees delivered a stellar verse an amazing verse um but i didn't think people were gonna connect the way they did and like man i i had I remember uh, some, there was a dude who's like a straight crip, gangster crip. Like he DM me and he was like, yo, bro, my God is me. He was like, yo, that's yeah. everything. Like the way he, this is a gangster, like a straight G. And, and the way he connected and professed his connection to that record, I was, I was floored, man. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was I'm, I'm happy, you know? Um, I just wanted to illustrate that, that, that juxtaposition. You know, people in the streets, you know, they pray too, you know what I'm saying? And they, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 there's a relationship and, 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 and what is actually right and what's wrong, what's accept, what's acceptable socially and what's not when you have, you know, competing things against you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, that house of cards, man, yeah, you know, yeah. that's another record that I'm really proud of, man, because, um, I really wanted to tap into, um, this the notion of like you know i'm I'm older right and i'm just reflecting on you know did i really live my childhood like you know what i mean did you know did i really you know like this trauma that i'm identifying like now that i've identified it's like you know what what like did i really get a chance to live and like and you know how how grounded am I, you know, you know, like, you know, is, is my foundation really a house of cards? Is it stable? You know? So, okay. You know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of what I was like really trying to convey. And, um, you know, from a sonic standpoint, the production was just amazing. 
I appreciated the, you know, the end, you know, when the chords come in and, you know, the, 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 the mm-hmm. sample, you know, comes in and, and, and it just asked that question, like, you know, do you want to be, do you want to be a street nigga? Like, like, do you, do you, you know, do you really want to do these streets? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's just, it's just like, it was just, well, you know, even Winter story, man, I, you know, that's another record that a lot of people like. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised and, you know, um, we we got to understand that you know winners tell the story right like we have to tell our story like we got to be able to um control our own narrative or else someone's going to tell it for you and not, you know i was writing from the perspective of like you know what's my legacy out here you know what i'm saying and 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 i want to control that narrative like i don't want someone to be like oh hope was cool or good back in the day it's like nah 2021 i'm popping like i'm mm-hmm. i'm doing my thing and i want to be able to you know, get ahead of that. I want to, I want to be able to determine that. And so that was kind of the, the inspiration behind Winner's Story. Cars driven and ice dripping with different colors. Thick women, they body language, they never stutter. Your truest self is covered. I see the pain hidden deep and it's hard to keep up. Trying to be another, could try to blame your mother. Stare at the clock, cause there comes a time when you're face to face in this motherfucker. Evaluate the cost, is it my life? And if that's the price, I ain't trying to buy in this motherfucker. I just want to ensure that my soul is pure before I retire. That my fireworks July 4th, reach for the sky for my niggas who bear arms in the trenches or life sentences where you die more word to mamas i promise that you can know your wealth no overzealous don't be jealous of your future self my nigga or lady love i'm talking to you both no need to do the most i hope you're hearing what i'm selling fuck the mother niggas and the haters who be jealous talking about education there's you know it seems like there's a two components that I want to touch upon is uh, you've got a new book that just came out, Respect Your Passion, Volume 1. Um, so yeah, what would you like to say about this this piece? You know, it's, it seems like it's, you know, artist to artist. Um, but yeah, what can you talk about this? How, you know, how many, what's the overarching concept with it? You know, how many volumes are there going to be and um, what you're looking to do with it? Yeah, man. Um, so respect your passion. I'm really proud of that. It, it, this was a uh, one of the. It was a child of the pandemic. It was a, a brainchild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I was, I was, um, I was actually on tour when the pandemic happened. Yeah, well, tour, and um, obviously things shut down. And so, you know, thinking about ways to, you know, what kind of things I could create and whatnot. And so, I wanted to do like a digital, a digital book, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I wanted to, I get a lot of DMs and just like conversations centered around like, you know, how to be a sustainable artist. Like what does success as an independent artist look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, rather than put it in this big, long, you know, thing, I figure out, you know, put it in, you know, chop it up in elephant burgers, man. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah, so, yeah. Um, the first volume, Respect Your Passion, is... Um, centered around mindset because i think you you know that's first and foremost at least for me yeah um and and it's really these are like i wanted to i didn't want to put out a temperamental project that was like you need this person or you need this or whatever because the game is so changing so what 
resource that I could, you know, recommend in 2021 might not be relevant in 2000, you know, by the end of the year, you know? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to go that route and I didn't want to. And when you do that, it sounds like there really isn't no formula. You know, this isn't like just add water, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, but what you there are some key elements about what type of mindset that you need a growth mindset to sustain some of the daily challenges that 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 happen you know what i mean um and so i i, I come up you know i shared practical scenarios mm-hmm. uh, all stuff that is doable right um you know i think uh people really underestimate the phone you know the contacts in their phone Yep. And, and understand and they don't really understand like the 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 resources the power the connection the network in you know with the contacts that you already have mm-hmm. so, you know one one of the chapters i encourage you know creatives and artists to look within to do the self inventory in your phone in your existing network in your neighborhood you know cuz then you know you might have a friend that's a videographer and then you might have another friend or somebody that you know that is, you know, versed in accounting you yeah. know, or, or marketing, you know. So you don't think that you have to go to New York or you have to, like, do some, like, outward, you know, it might be right in your circumference and you just didn't really take the time to look. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's things like that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I really wanted to establish what type of mindset you need to overcome and reach your daily goals. And it's all, like I said, it's all practical stuff. It's you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so far the feedback has been great. And, you know, next we'll get into a little bit more of, the, you know, establishing your business, you know, LLC and like, you know, what type of benefits come with that and mm-hmm. tax write-offs and things of that nature. You know, really what I'm trying to do is share my experience so you can cut the time in half, you know, like it's a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing was through trial and error. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to leave something for the people coming up, you know, so they they don't have to so they can make a little bit more efficient moves, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I see this, you know, I, I definitely, you know, long term I see this, you know, materializing in maybe like workshops, you know, and, and I gotcha, yeah. You know, um and then also, you know, getting into like how does this you know, career look in terms of like setting yourself up for retirement and setting yourself up, you know, like long-term, like, you know what I mean? Because it's very doable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand that you don't, you know, right now it's all about extremes. And so people tend to realize, you know, especially the people that ask us about our career, they think that because you're not Jay-Z or because you're not on these famous mediums, that to make a living that you're broke or you're, you're, you're a failure or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm trying to, you know, part of that mindset development is understanding like what your metrics of success are. Yeah. You know what I mean, and so, you know, it's, it's those types of things. And for me, man, you know, um, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I know that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well for myself and, you know, yeah. Because everything after that, once you have that foundation, everything after that is scaling. And that's yeah. where people get confused, you know? So I really want people to discern fame versus success, right? Like, do you want to be famous and not make money? 
You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to be, you know, you do you want to make a living? And maybe you might not have the, the fame, you know, or the clout, but that will come as you scale and grow. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it seems that a lot of that is is really tapping into it, like you talk about, like understanding who you are, what you're looking to achieve, and then building stuff around that being, um, you know, it's more like business minded of like, what's your, you know, what's your mission? What's your vision of this? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, your book addresses a lot of that. And, and uh, it is, I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, from my per- perspective as well, like reading it, that there's, there's some stuff that, that I, I learned and, um, and yeah, super tangible, easy, right, um, yeah. like easily connectable, easy. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe at least I don't want to diminish it, but you know, some of it's like make a spreadsheet, you know, like, like it's like, it's like it. And it's like, oh yeah, that, that stuff can be helpful, right. you know, like just getting right. organized with what's going on and, and, um, yeah. So I definitely recommend everyone check that out. You can get that John hope pvd.com. And, uh, but yeah, also, your uh, Hope Scholars Initiative uh, yeah. and and all the work that you're doing with that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about um, how that came about and and you know what you're looking to to achieve with that? Yeah, man. You know, so that came about um, because for years um, before I was you know kind of fully immersed in, in, in as, as a creative entrepreneur, I was compartmentalizing my two worlds, you know, I was working in higher ed as a counselor slash, you know, professor. Um, and, uh, you know, I would, I would compartmentalize that aspect of my life with, you know, my music, you know, mm-hmm. thinking that they, you know, the hip hop and, and education, you know, they, they thinking that there wasn't any relationship there. Um, because I, and, and then internally I wasn't able to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, times I would have students come in my office and be like, yo, are you John Hope? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember a few times I would tell them no, because I didn't think like, you know, like I didn't want, I didn't want people to know that, you know, I didn't think that there, there was a space for that in, in, in school. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so, but then I realized like, you know, that's, that's how I connected with students and that's mm-hmm. what created like this authentic space a safe space where students can be themselves and connect to their scholarship and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, when I left, I used to work at Rhode Island college. When I left Rhode Island college, I just decided that I wanted to create opportunities, whether it's through events, whether it's through classroom instruction, whether it's through different programs, I wanted to create a space for students to be their authentic selves through hip hop, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, um, and, and, and that will increase their 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 want to learn if you're able to be yourself. And so um, so I started out with these um, events called Deeper Than Rap series where, you know, they were like community led driven, like almost like classes. where mm-hmm. we would Talk about like um, we would talk about different topics under the auspice of a particular album. You know, it's almost like it was almost like a book club for an album, though. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So we would meet. You know, people would just come up, sign up, and things of that nature. So that was one thing. And then, like, I started developing curriculum and like going into um, like the training school. I partnered with the Department of uh, Youth Services in Massachusetts, 
Mm-hmm. Go to the training school, and I would. I had a. I, I still do. I have a uh, teaching artist residency, where like it was. It's a twelve week program. It's a hip hop scholars program, and you know it's a lot of social emotion, social emotional development. And um, and most recently, I was teaching at Charette Charter School in Providence. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same thing, you know. Um, yeah. I, I you know obviously it's virtual, but yeah, I'm really proud of it because it, it's it's. Um, it shows how powerful hip hop culture is and how it's necessary. I think, you know, a couple of years ago, people would look at hip hop education as some type of novelty. Oh, okay. Right. But now um, it's actually a primary way to, mm-hmm. right. We're, we're having, there, there are, there, there's a growing population of diverse students from diverse backgrounds coming into schools. Mm-hmm. So it, as an instructor, you can't use the same old shit that you were using years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You use new and innovative ways because these kids are coming into these schools much smarter. They're, they're, they're consuming information outside of school, whether it's through social media and the way they consume news. And then there's a, like a level of sophistication that you and I didn't have when we were growing up. Like these mm-hmm. kids know who they are. And so if the traditional mode of education doesn't acknowledge and respect that and value that, then mm-hmm. that's where the clash comes in, right? Because if yeah. you have a classroom or if you have a school that doesn't want students to be their authentic self, then students are not going to come to school. They're not going to be engaged or what, or what have you. Yeah. So the primary way is hip hop education. Like that's, that's, that's not like some other shit. Like this is the way to go, right? You know what I mean? Because we're talking about a cultural identity, the way they dress, the way they talk, the, you know, the, you know, it's beyond the music. Yeah. If you, if you chastise or vilify that, that cultural identity, then you already lost before they even sat at their desk. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, man, it's, it's great that you've, I mean, obviously just recognize that stuff and, and, you know, just, just smart using the, the experiences that you've had and bringing that to them and, and just being able to, to cut through that, that, you know, that all of those hurdles that, that can be there, you know? So it's amazing what you're doing. Um, I mean, just, it's, 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 it's great. So thank you for all of that stuff. And, um, what would you say is the greatest, accomplishment you've had to this point tied to music man i think um the greatest accomplishment i mean so far it's 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 everything up to it's 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 the right now right it's Mm -hmm. the the hope all is well it's the it's the hope signature collection i think it's the staying power right like it's the you know i think there's something to be said about you know being an independent artist, being able to sustain and evolve and grow mm-hmm. the different changes in the industry, right? This in, this is not like an easy industry to be. The music industry, it'll shoot, it'll chew you up, and yeah, and, and the fact that I think the fact that I'm here today, right? Uh, where you want to, you want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, have a conversation about what I'm doing. Like that is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, so I think to me, it's the staying power and the, and the ability to be curious 
and grow and evolve. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's 2021 and I'm, 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 I'm rocking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not resting on past glory. I'm not resting on my laurels. Like I have some exciting things to look forward to. So um, yeah. I, it, I think it's just, you know, staying power is my mm-hmm. accomplishment. You know what I mean? Because there are a lot of people that started out when I started out and they're not here. You know, they're not. Exactly. Here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, John Hope, you're the you're the best man uh and you know uh yeah just i mean i don't even need to tell you to to keep at it you know i'm i'm excited to hear what's what's next and and just excited to um to just keep tabs on you and and what's going on and you know i'm i'm assuming you're going to be doing some shows soon as as stuff opens up at some point later this year or next year or whatever so um i'll be looking forward to that and um yeah, just thanks again, John, for taking the time to to share all of this. Thank you so much, man. This has been a really good conversation, and I, I really enjoy the chronicling. You know, <laughs> because I get, I you know, I again, you know, we're, we're you know, you you get so caught up in the hustle and bustle, and you know, like I love what I've done. Mm-hmm. Also, encouraged me to see you know what what's ahead, man. So thank you for sort of that you know allowing me to paint that picture you know what I mean? yeah yeah absolutely squeeze that trigger bullets fly they whistle school of thought is dismissal bubba tell i miss you really i miss my dog so much pain i wish i lost funerals i kiss that cause pay my dues and i split that cause away with words and i won't get caught i was notified when the money talks with a bad ting from the ivory coast yellow hair with the brown skin she in public want my private parts tolerate no disrespect a hundred wolves coming at your neck you see the splash peep the drip the ink is dry all we need is this 